Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Damned United podcast. We really hope that you missed us. You probably didn't. Adam's had a, a week-long hiatus, in, if hiatus is the right word, in the French Riviera slash Alps slash unknown. Um, he's been learning to ski. How have you found that, Ads? Yeah, it's been really good. Oh, there's another name for it in Gary Neville's world, and that's a mini retirement. Um, <laughs> I've had a mini retirement scheme. Or from the podcast. Yeah, from the podcast as well. He felt like he needed it. He felt like he needed it. So he's gone and recharged his battery. His social battery is intact as well, and he's ready. And he's back, and he's ready to do it all over again. I'm back, and I'm ready to do it all over again. So. Enjoy your skiing, you've learned to skate, and while you've been away, Leeds have been doing the business, mate. Well, to be fair, not while you've been away, you were away Sunday to Thursday slash Friday, roughly. Uh, yeah, 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 kind of Sunday to, so, Sunday to Thursday. Plenty to talk about, and this is the, you know, the positive, we like to put a, a positive optimist kind of spin on things. You get a free for one today, basically, for all you hungry listeners out there i hope you are hungry because we've got plenty for you in store tonight we've got cardiff which saw Leeds united win three three nil matches in a row would you believe yes we are talking about Leeds united we will sum that up followed by preston the dirtiest team in the league 40 fouls against Leeds in their two matches the most on record in the championship against any other team for three seasons and then we'll have a mini preview of Wednesday night as we host Norwich at Elland Road, a fixture that I think crept up on everyone, to be honest, with uh, Leeds and Norwich both progressing in the FA Cup. So, yeah, we hope you're hungry. Get a tea slash coffee or a whiskey or a gin, depending on when you are listening and where you are listening. <laughs> nice little nightcap, something to help you fall asleep. I think, don't think we'll have any trouble of making that happen. So, as a quick touch on Cardiff to begin with. 3-0 win, solid as you like again. Rutter, Ampadu and James, perhaps the uh, the pick of the bunch. But, yeah, do you want to talk us through the goals, performances, what your thoughts were? Yeah, really impressed. Thought it was the perfect performance to, to, uh, to act as a bit of an antidote to our recent away performances. So it was really pleasing to to watch and, and fantastic to see Mr. Patrick Bamford. Another another good performance. <laughs> those those are the kind of goals that you get when you're a striker in form. Just dropping to you whilst you're on your ass in the six yard box. <laughs> and all you've got to do is sit your leg out. That's what happens when you when you're a striker in form. Uh and yeah, I'm trying to think of, I can remember the Jorginho goal, it's been that long now, I can remember the Jorginho, the Bamford, and it was Dan James, yeah, it was tapping, wasn't it? Suspicion of upside for me, wasn't. A really good play from Somerville in the build-up to that play. Um, Somerville is just, he's dangerous, isn't he, in every every single game. There can't be a, there can't be a full-back who, who fancies himself against Somerville at the moment in the league. So, you know, every game he's posing a threat and he was, you know, instrumental in that in that James goal, uh, cutting in and and and, and, cr- and crossing the ball across. So, yeah, um, and then the breakaway goal. We, I mean, it should have been, it, it should have been five or six really at Cardiff, shouldn't it? We 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 had chances to bury the game a lot earlier than we did, and then uh, obviously we got the. Did we have a? Did we miss a penalty? 
We did indeed. We did it. We did miss a penalty. It's, honestly, it feels like a a lifetime ago that Cardiff game, even though it was only just over a week. But yeah, you should have scored the penalty, obviously. And um, but then yeah, we still put the game to bed with a really nice counter attack. Where again, I'm going to mention Bamford. I'm going to praise Bamford. Uh, Bamford, that's not in form, maybe snaps at that when he when he stepped over the ball and allowed allowed it to run through to Jorginho. But again, confident striker, uh, a striker in the moment, just glides over the ball, lets it go through his legs, and and puts it on a player for Jorginho. So yeah, I was really impressed with all all three of the goals, and like I said, I think a very important performance, not just result, but very important performance away from home. Uh, which has set us up nicely for uh, 2024, hopefully. Yeah, you wanted to mention the away form. You know, wouldn't potentially, I wouldn't potentially, I wouldn't necessarily say we've turned a corner with it, but two back-to-back 3-0 wins is is certainly a nice way of starting off 2024, especially when you consider we'd lost three on the spin away from home going into that. So very positive to see that you know we've again. You don't want to say, oh, we're pulling up too many trees, but Peterborough and Cardiff, especially with Peterborough where they are in, in the League One table, that was a potential banana skin, especially given our FA Cup record. And then, of course, you move on to Cardiff, a place where you know we've had a bit of joy, but we've struggled in the main previously as well. So to go there and get two decent, comfortable 3-0 wins is, uh, you know, it shouldn't be sniffed at. So very positive in that and also by the way it's just so satisfying isn't it when uh, Dan James is you know you want to go back to that video of him at Swansea where there's the uh, the I think it's the Spanish commentator and he's going as Dan James is speeding down the wing and that was very similar to his goal and even more satisfying that the two Cardiff players absolutely clattered each other prior to it as well so that was probably the biggest thing for me yeah, it was like a cartoon, wasn't it? The two, the two dumb and dumber bouncing to each other, and uh, and Dan James wheels away up the pitch. Yeah, very very good indeed. So good free free a win took us into Preston, which was eight days later. Obviously, in between that, I believe, or just before the Cardiff game, Luke Ayling, which we haven't really had chance to to speak about in a great amount of detail. Just some of his stats, 268 appearances, 251 of those league appearances, 134 games at Ellen Road, 121 games won, 93 Premier League appearances, 83 clean sheets, nine different managers. That's an interesting one. Championship team of the year, Leeds goal of the season, EFL Championship player of the year for Leeds, Fans champ player of the year. So, yeah, one of the club's greatest ever value signings, um, according to LUFC stats. But I think none of us would disagree with that. 200k from Bristol City in 2016. And certainly a Leeds United legend as well. Um, I think it's fair to say, you know, we he's had his fair share of critics over the years. But incredibly monumental for us, not only on the pitch, but off the pitch as well, fronting up to um, the media, certainly after that. I think it was the Forest game when, you know, we looked on our backside, it's fair to stay. And the brilliant things he's done for those um, across the nation, certainly with how he's dealt with his stammer and how he's talked about it openly as well. So, yeah, kudos to him. A great career and certainly something that should be recognised by us as well. Yeah, definitely. I can't speak highly enough of Luke Ayling and 
And just just if just in case Luke Kearney is listening, I sticked with him right to the end, right to the bitter end. I was sticking him in the squad a couple of weeks ago. So I stuck with Luke Kearney right to the bitter end. And yeah, I think um I think Luke Kearney has to be up there with one of my favourite ever League United players. I don't think many people could disagree with that from from our, our kind of generation in terms of, of what we've seen and undoubtedly I think when we look back in 20, 30 years at Leeds United right backs, Luke Ayling will be, you know, it's going to take some, going to take some real doing, I think, for for our generation to, to to find a right back that will that will kind of put him in front of Luke Ayling when we're thinking about our own all time uh, Leeds United eleven. So I think yeah, he's a fantastic servant to the club and 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 gutted. I'm gutted he, he left and there is part of me that just thought, you know, would he not? Would he not want to experience a potential promotion where the fans are there? And I'm sure he would, but you know, he's he obviously still feels he's got he's got years left in the tank and and needs to be playing football at this stage in his career. So you know, you can't fault you can't fault him wanting to go and get minutes and you know, in a, in a, in an era when we've got so many players, not just in in recent times at Leeds and but more generally in football that 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 don't want to play and you know are quite happy to sit on the bench and pick up the wage you've got Luke Ayling at this stage in his career wanting to go out and get football so absolutely you've got to credit him and um, yeah thank him really for, for everything he's done for the club Hashtag thank you Ayling two weeks late but we'll take it Luke Ayling Luke Ayling <laughs> and he's also the last one uh, to go from the Luke Ayling Amberardi Pontus Janssen Kyle Bartley chant which once it got going was uh was quite the uh, quite the chant indeed. But yeah, thank you, Aileen. Thank you, Luke, whatever you want to say. Again, massive monumental effort for the seven years he was with us and will be sorely missed. But as you never know, he might be able to come back and experience a promotion with fans if Leeds United do go up because he has probably met the quota to receive a championship winning medal if Leeds go on and, and do the business. So hopefully he uh, he'll be back in some sort of guys and I don't think Burrell will hold too much against him for that given the yeah, reception sure. that we gave towards him yeah I'm I'm sure if uh, if touch wood if we are in a position towards the end of the season where you know we're, we're fighting for promotion I'm I'm sure Luke Gillian will be there and um, I'm sure if he, I'm sure he'll be leading the celebrations if he's uh, if he's coming at it from a fan perspective Definitely. and, and like, who knows if uh, somehow no, no idea whether this is within the laws, but he becomes a free agent again before the playoff final. Leeds could go in and make a deal, and he could come back and slot in at right back if we're very short. <laughs> you never know. He's been getting my team all season, so yeah. Um, <laughs> How weird does he look, by the way, in a Middlesbrough shirt? It just doesn't look yes, right. It doesn't. It doesn't feel That's right. Horrible. Yeah, it's it's not not nice to see, but you know, I think. He can't, he can't be grudging for it. And um, I think he, he could have probably gone anywhere, really, uh, Luke Ayling, given given all the credit he had in the, had in the bank with, with Leeds United fans. I think he, he, he's one of them players that could have gone anywhere and he, he'll yeah. still a warm welcome back at the club. Yeah, absolutely. And although we said we were going to move on from Cardiff, just when Leeds players... Leeds players, Leeds fans think the player is done, completely gone. Get him out of the side. Why is he even in the squad? Never mind anything else. Ilya Gruev 
against Cardiff really came into his own and proved a lot of people wrong, I think, in terms of his overall performance. He was one of the, the best performers on the field against Cardiff. Really a short performance in midfield. And again, switching Ampadu to defences was probably a, you know, a lot of raised a lot of eyebrows to begin with. It's a position that Ampadu can play well, but Woodrow have come in and complement uh, Kamara within that role and they, he did that perfectly. So that was really pleasing to see. I think that was a really standout performance for him and, you know, it's a catalyst hopefully for him going forward. Now he was decent against Preston on Sunday. So, yeah, looks like he might have turned a bit of a corner with uh, his Leeds career. Absolutely. It takes a bit of time to get up to speed in, in, in any league, but I think even more so in the championship with the the kind of the physicality of it. I, I think it, it's always going to take you a few games to get up to speed and 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 adjust to that that kind of style of football. So good to see him. Good to see him putting a a couple of good performances. He's a, he's a tenacious little bugger, isn't he? <laughs> he's not holding back from getting stuck in, which I like to see. So yeah, really really nice to see him. You know, kind of finally find his feet a bit in the team and. Uh, I guess if we've got a story for this episode, I guess it has to be Gruev and Furpo. You know, if you'd have said to us um, before all these games that we're talking about today that, you know, we'll be ranting and raving about Furpo and Gruev, then um, he, he might have thought we, we might not have done great and they might have been the standout players. But I think they've really, really stamped their authority down on their positions and have given, given Fark some headaches, really, when when you think about our full shunt team when Stroik comes back and you, you've got a question whether you push Ampadu back into midfield and when obviously Byron featured a bit but when he's back fully fit ready to start do you stick with Firpo so I think he's they've both given you know Grove and Firpo have given Fark something to think about which is what you want which is what we need you know we need competition for places and it's good good headaches to have this is the question for me and I think we can can try and put a poll out there and see what people are saying. I think we'll try and get four different defenders in in a back four because obviously you've got when Strike comes back in, does he does he come straight back in? Because he obviously complements Rodon really well. He's a left footed naturally, so fit perfect fit for that position. They've played well and kept clean sheets not the majority of the season, but most of our clean sheets have come from those two playing at centre half. Do you play Firpo in games where he's going to be attacking more and doing less defending? And would you then slot Byram in for a game where he's going to be doing more defending? Do you put Byram at right back, Firpo at left back? Is that more of a natural fit? So I think that's a massive question and certainly something that we should look at putting out to to the listeners as well. So we'll try and get that out for, for you guys tomorrow alongside this episode. So Tuesday morning for those listening. Because... I wouldn't be able to tell you. Ampadu, I think, is a natural fit coming into defence. Like he's been a rock for us in midfield. Don't get me wrong, but it's a natural like position and transition for him as well, which is really important. Seems to be playing really well with Rodon. They're obviously very familiar with each other's game. So yeah, brilliant to be honest across the board. And again, a massive headache for Fark when he comes back. When he comes back, when Byron comes back to to full fitness, because you could easily see him slotting at right back or left back instead of Firpo as well. So yeah, we'll bang that out to you guys, and I think it's a nice segue into Preston as well because Firpo has, yeah, you might need to uh, take a double take ads because uh, Firpo does have the most championship assists in 2024. Uh, he has four in three games so far, which is uh, unbelievable, Jeff. Some would say. 
It is unbelievable. I think the junior fair play redemption, I'm all for it. Uh, it's not, not something I expected to see. <laughs> so, yeah, when he's popping in lovely crosses, getting involved in play, looking all right defensively. Looking all right defensively. That's the that's the big one for me. Forget the assists. He's, he's looking he's looking a bit more assured about himself, which is good. But yeah, I think we we all I think the frustrating thing with Fairport throughout all time at Leeds is deep down we we probably all felt that there is there is a player in there somewhere, and we've just not been able to 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 bring that player out enough. And there's. You know, it's like one or two games where he's looked good, and you're thinking, "Where's this? You know, where's this guy in most of the games?" But it seems like he might be just starting to put together a bit of a consistent run, where he gets, you know, he's had two or three games. If we can build that into four, five, six consistent games, you know, maybe he finally can say that Junior Ferpa is our left back. Oh God. Oh God. We're not chanting that again. You can defend <laughs> However, an attack. Can defend. Yeah, oh, there we go. It's an easy fix. It is an easy fix. We'll get that going. Um but yeah, I think with the podcast I think we've got the podcast net right there to be fair. Um but the overall game in general, one of those that we don't often get really, do we? I mean, we've had some relatively poor performances across the board this season in parts. And that was, it was probably one of them. I think it was a game that on the balance, you'd probably say we deserve to win. Given the shots that we had, I think it was, saw that at one point in the last 10 minutes or so, I think it was 18 shots, five on target. Again, not great conversion rate for those shots on target, but it was a game that on the balance, I think we deserve to win. We got over yeah. the line, albeit in the 90th minute. So, you know, I was, I was pretty pleased that, you know, we managed to do that. And, you know, almost satisfying that it was in that vein at the end as well. Because Preston, I mean, there was a lot of needle in the first game and even more so in that game as well, as I mentioned, 40 fouls across the two games. I think it was 22 and 18 respectively. So, yeah, a game that we desperately needed to win as well. So really, really good job that we got that over the line. Dan James, 10 goals for the season. I absolutely love him. Not going to stop talking about him. Goal against Cardiff, goal against Preston. 10 goals, five assists for the season. And, even better that Joel Peru managed to slot the penalty away to finish it off, bang off the bench, and at least he scored. It looked like he was playing holding midfield when he came on for some reason, but no idea what Fark was doing when he sent him on playing in whatever position he said. But again, popped up with a goal, so I guess you, you can put it down to a good substitution. No idea, <laughs> but anyway, over the line, that's the most important thing, and a, and a great win and more pressure on as we're recording this, 7.34. PM Monday evening, Leicester about to play Ipswich. So, you know, hopefully four points off the top two. Yeah. And it was a gutsy, a gutsy performance and and one of those where if you if you're really gonna stake a claim for for an automatic challenge, then you have to be getting through those games somehow. And I'm sat there on 80, 85 minutes thinking, why didn't he do the changes earlier? You know, he waited till 70 minutes again. I was thinking, you know, if we'd have just made those changes a little bit earlier, maybe we'd have have stood more of a chance. But to be honest, we were creating chances throughout that whole second half and it it was just a case of staying composed and taking one of them rather than rather than as needed to change tactically what we were doing. It was it was working. It it was just about staying composed and 
um, and, and taking one of the opportunities when it came along. And thankfully, it, it, it came from a handball penalty, which was justice for all the housery that they were adopting throughout, not just the game at Ellen Road, but also at Deepdale. So sometimes in football, I think you do get a bit of, you get a bit of justice. And yeah. I thought that was it because also, I'm going to go around here about the referee. Um, why can a referee not just dish out a booking early on and say, I'm not having any of this today, lads. It's a booking, and if you do it again, it's a red card. Why can't we get a strong referee at Ellen Road this season? I, I don't understand. And the, the the goalkeeper should have been sent off for a handball. I'm not sure what Hinchcliffe was on about on Sky, saying, <laughs> I'm not sure whether it's a, a free kicker. It's a, it's a free kick and it's a red card. You can't, a goalkeeper can't handle the ball outside of the box, whether he's meant to or not. You, you can't just come flying out of your box and, 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 and handling it and not get a red card in my opinion so any complaints from from Preston uh, complete nonsense really um, yeah Ryan Lowe was uh, spitting some sour grapes wasn't he at the end no idea why because I think that was uh, it's something that it's unfortunate the handball don't get me wrong but when your hand is outstretched and I'm doing like a uh, almost like a gym style pose where you you put your arm out laterally, I think my arm he did, is. Yeah, he, 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 he did a reverse lat raise. That's what he did. With his yeah, lat raise. There you go for those gym goers. Um, it, yeah, it was it was a weird one because he, he didn't really make an attempt to move his hand out of the way or move his hand towards it. But it's the old case of if your hand's in that position, it wasn't coming at him at a rate of knots. So I don't think the player should have any complaints with that. And we'd have been equally as peed off if it wasn't given and alternatively we'd have probably had to sit there and, and swallow the medicine if it was given against us so you know I don't think they can have too many complaints and uh, yeah Patrick Bamford steps up to miss his fourth consecutive penalty I don't know what you've just done but for for those on uh, well those listening are trying to listen I'm trying to listen to Adam as well but it appears that he's uh, he's plugged something in and he's now coming out of his earphones or something like that so I'm hoping you can hear me now Ads no I still can't hear you <laughs> small technical glitch so I'm going to keep talking while he tries and sorts it out because at one point I think we were all I think the, the Sky Sports camera cut to Paddy B and he had the ball in his hand and yeah I've got your back now and uh, we were all like whoa a collective gasp as it cuts to the camera and uh, yeah needless to say I don't think we were all filled with optimism when uh, Patrick was doing that but I've seen a lot of people raving on X calling Paddy the uh, the decoy as uh, as they say holding the ball so players can't scuff the spot or put them off and uh, anyway passes to Joe Peru and slots it in nonchalantly and uh, yeah peels off to the corner flag so all in all, very pleased that that was the outcome overall because you could have easily seen a repeat of Stoke and uh, the two times prior to that as well. Yeah, definitely. Have you got me back on the on the mic? You are, you are back on the mic and back in the room. Good stuff. I just put my laptop on charge, but it uh, seemed to freak my laptop out a bit, just like the Leeds United fan base when they saw Patrick Bamford with the ball in his hand for the penalty. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen. I don't know if you've seen the the video of um, from Tokyo White in uh, Japan and, 
I feel like the, the, that video just encapsulates everything that was going through our mind because I was thinking, get in, we're gonna, we've got a penalty, we're going to win the game. And then the camera fans to Bamford with a ball in his hand and I just thought, oh no, here we go again. <laughs> here we go again. <laughs> yeah, stuck it away though. Good penalty in the end and a good win, mate, to be honest, wasn't it? It was uh, something that we needed and... Uh, Again, getting over the line was the most important thing, especially when you know it wasn't the greatest of performances, one that we deserve to win, but just got to get those over the line. Three points onto the next one, and that is a nice segue into the Canaries who visit Elland Road on Wednesday. Yeah, um, by all means, it's, they're in good form, so I'm expecting a difficult game. They were, I think, they're a decent outfit, and they gave us plenty of problems when we when we went down to Carroll Road earlier on in the season. So, yeah, I think with the form they're in, the side they are, that you know they're going to be one of them teams that wants that that kind of sixth spot in in the playoffs. So I think we're yeah we're, we're going to be in for a tough game at the road on on Wednesday night. So yeah, we're going to have to be about, be at our best. I think. Yeah. I agree with that, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see because they, as you say, you're right in what you're saying. They're five unbeaten in all competitions. Drew with Bristol Rovers in the FA Cup, beat them away, but it's their league form that have uh, that's really been much better for for Norwich and, and David Wagner. So they drew one all with Southampton before the FA Cup game. In between both FA Cup games, they beat Holloway, who are obviously now occupying the sixth spot. And then they beat West Brom 2-0 at the weekend as well. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right there. I think it'll be a difficult game. And they've got some pretty standout players as well. So, Josh Sargent has just come back from from injury and uh, scored against West Brom. So, he's going to be you know, someone that we're going to have to keep our eye on and Johnny Rowe as well. So he's been scoring a fair few goals for Norwich and he's actually sixth in the top scorer charts as well. He's got 12 goals and two assists for them this season as well. So two players really that, you know, Josh Sargent especially, he was with Norwich even uh, during the time in the Premier League as well. So he's been a mainstay for them and they'll certainly be benefiting from having him back in the side and returned after a long layoff. I think it was three or four months without him so yeah definitely benefiting from having him and obviously linking up with Johnny Rowe as well it's going to be difficult for us to contend with but a game that's a tough one and I think Norwich will, will probably look at coming out and playing against us as well which should make for an interesting spectacle at Ellen Road Absolutely and uh, Gabriel Sara I was really impressed with him when we when we played away at Carroll Road uh, and who could forget Mr Ashley Barnes Oh God like, he is the king of Housery isn't he yeah, he's the king of Hauser and you can just imagine him being well up for a game on a cold Wednesday night, a cold, windy Wednesday night, Ellen Road. Yeah. <laughs> and giving it large when Norwich score. Hopefully they don't score, but yeah, we will see about that in our predictions later on. It's a game that we've got to win, isn't it, really? We're four, four wins in a row now in all competitions and, you know, we're good value for, for them, to be honest, but... We've got a real opportunity Wednesday and Saturday beating Norwich, hopefully. Again, might have to be a scruffy game, but hopefully we can get over the line. And then Plymouth, so a real nice opportunity of winning four league games on the spin and two FA Cup games and putting ourselves in the hat for the next round. FA Cup last 16, two games away from Wembley. But yeah, a game at a time. Norwich, obviously, on Wednesday. But I think 
again, it's a massive opportunity and not just that, you know, we mentioned before the Ipswich game, I think it was on the 23rd of December, we both said our predictions on roughly where we'd be, you know, behind Ipswich, like coming into the end of uh, end of January. And I think you said 10, I said four, I think I did. Um, I want to say I said four, I might have to get the taping back. Um, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not gloating. I just think it's, I think if anything, it's a, it's a testament to how well Southampton have done that we're now focusing on when we went from our predictions and it was, I think even it was eight points at Boxing Day. We went and took it down to seven after we thumped Ipswich, but then we drew with Preston and Ipswich drew with Leicester and, you know, it was, it was up to eight points again and that was on Boxing Day and let's be honest, that was coming out of a busy December period, but there hasn't been an awful lot of championship games in, in January either. Let's like make no bones about it. So I think it's a testament to how well Southampton have done that despite the fact that we've managed to drag the, the points margin down from 10 before it switched to, to four points where it is now and the opportunity of making that one point to both Southampton and Ipswich. And we're not talking about that enough, in my opinion. I think it's, it's good because we're starting to pick up some form but I also think it's slightly demoralising from a Southampton perspective as well, because they're now 21 games unbeaten. I think they've won 15 or 16 of them. And they must be thinking, well, what's going on here? Because we've won. Well, we're unbeaten in 21 games and we don't seem to be pulling away from anyone. Like yeah. we're a four-point ahead. Leeds have the chance to put some pressure on. and Because we're on the only championship game on Wednesday and, and make it one point. And, you know, they're not pulling away. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's a testament to how well we've done that we're not talking about us and how well we're playing and the gap itself enough. Because let's be honest, again, fickle Leeds fans thought it was done and dusted after Boxing Day. So, you know, and West Brom, oh God, we're not good enough, this, that and the other. And it just goes to show again, within the space of a month, we're having completely different conversations. Or we should, in my opinion, be having different conversations about how well we're doing and, you know, how few points we are off the top two spots as well. Yeah, it's, it's shaping up to be a really exciting promotion uh, challenge for, for all the teams involved. So I think, obviously, we've got, we, we're, we're recording this just ahead of the Ipswich Leicester game, which is at Leicester, I believe. Yeah, King Power. So. It'd be really, it'd be really interesting because anything we say right now is going to be out of date straight away. So it'd be really interesting to see what happens in that game. But I would imagine Leicester will win. I'd imagine Leicester will want to win because they'll be thinking we're only they're only seven points above uh, Southampton now, and with the form that Southampton are in, if I was Leicester and you lose tonight against Ipswich, you, you've surely got to be looking over your shoulder thinking, you know, they're only seven points behind now and they're banging form. That said, if you're Southampton, they've not lost a game since before, the game before we played them. Yeah. Like Leeds United doing Leeds United things and ending, <laughs> ending that form for other teams. But my, my one thing about Southampton is it's great going unbeaten in the middle of the season, but the business part of the season is 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 where you need to go on these runs and 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 picking up points. So if they continue, obviously if they continue in the form they're in, they're going to be in one of those automatic places, which is obviously not what we want because I think if we finish above Southampton, we'll go up. So yeah, I agree with that. 
it's yeah, it's interesting. But then you think about Leicester, it got beat at Coventry the other night. It's only seven points. If they lose tonight, we win on on Wednesday. Could we just could need we? them? We just Could need we? them. Yeah, we just need them to win. To be honest, Ads, I don't. I just want them to win and be gone. You know, I think that's our best. Well, I mean, it's not our best bet, but we just want teams beating Ipswich. To be honest, I think which I do. I, I do genuinely think they'll fall off again. To be honest, yeah. Uh, I want. Yeah, I, I want a Royal Rumble. I want a I mean, Royal Rumble. Fatal, <laughs> fatal four way leads Ipswich, Southampton, and Leicester. <laughs> two spots. To be honest, it'd, uh, it'd increase our chances. That's for sure. Take it from thirty-three percent to uh, to a whopping fifty, which would be nice. But yeah, I mean, I'm being naive there because I I think that you know I do think that Leicester will beat Ipswich, and of course, football's a funny game, and you know Ipswich are, are underdogs. But let's again, let's not get carried away. They they've had better results than that this season, so it's not beyond the realms. But yeah, if we if they do get beat, we beat Norwich, of course. That's within one point and, and again suddenly this pressure for them pressure for Southampton because as you said business part of the season is the, the part that counts they've still got a massive 18 games to go so unless they're going to go 40 unbeaten watch this space I really hope they don't but yes yeah, you know that's we're all going to catch them I think yeah that's the thing isn't it like when you're in that kind of form it, it, it can't go it, it can't go on for you know 30 35 games so yeah, you would expect Southampton to to be dropping points at some stage. I saw I saw on X someone talking about how Southampton have actually still got uh, Leicester, Ipswich, Leeds, and West Brom all to play away from home. Which you're looking at those four games, you'd expect them to be dropping points somewhere along along that. With you know, you'd expect them to if put it this way if they get through them four games unbeaten then you know we're probably talking about a team that's that's going to finish in the automatics so it's yeah it's, it's hotting up to be an interesting interesting promotion push uh, another thing I've seen recently is that we've every time we've won three on the bounce in the league we've failed to make it four so I think that's going to be massively important going into Wednesday night can we get that fourth win in a row can we really you know, shift up the gears and and start pushing on and and gunning for those those automatic places because you know now now is the time we've really got to you know we're approaching that period where you've really got to kick on and um you know get rid of that inconsistency that we maybe maybe had earlier on in the season where it's been a few good games then a bad performance a sticky performance here and getting back to yeah. to good performances and winning ways you know we need to it needs to be more smooth. For these last kind of 15, 20 games, and we've really got to hit a groove, yeah. or a, or a hit, a, hit a groove. Hit <laughs> a groove, yeah. Been the two hit down. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think I think we're exactly right in what we're saying as well. You know, I said earlier, oh, we'll ultimately we'll catch Southampton. I, I'm not saying that's not me saying that we will, but I think it's going to be. Everyone's just very quick to jump on. Oh wow, the 21 been beaten. No one's catching them. They they playing great football. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's not sustainable in my opinion. You know, you don't. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to work that out. So, yeah, watch this space. Hopefully, again, can make it one point. I'm not sure if there is any championship football. I imagine there is, but not sure what games take place on Saturday, given that it is traditionally an FA Cup round. So, yeah, we'll see. But hopefully, my four points predictor being away from the top two comes in if not slightly fewer last but not least 
predictions. So predicted 11 first. Do we think they'll change the team at all? Peru scoring off the bench from a penalty, does that really change things? From my perspective, it doesn't. So I think we'll stick with the same four of Somerville, James, Bamford and Rutter. I'd agree with that, yeah. The only thing I would say on Peru is I'd like to see Fark change it a bit early if he's going to use Peru. You saw it on yesterday against Preston. When he came on, it, it took him a few minutes just to get up to the speed of the game, and he had an opportunity really early on where he could have had a shot, and you know just just wasn't up to speed with the game. Had to get the ball out of his feet. So yeah, I'd like I'd like to see him used a bit earlier on. I feel like 70 minutes is is too late to tap into that quality that you've got on the bench. You know, if it's not working, do the subs earlier. Yeah, bang on. Do we think? Now that Byron did come off the bench, do you think this is potentially a game that he might start against his old club? Or, again, would we be reading too much into that? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned it earlier with that choice between Firpo and Byron and, and whether you consider Byron in games where you're expecting teams to come out as a bit more and, and, and the full-backs to play more of a defensive role rather than an attacking role. And I think this would have to be a game that'd fall into that category where you'd you'd expect our defenders to be a bit more a bit busier against Norwich, even though we're at home. So yeah, possibly I'd I, I just don't trust you. <laughs> he's got a lot more. To, he's got he's got a lot more to do for me to begin to begin to trust him fully. So yeah, I think for me, I'd probably bring Byron back in if he's fit. Yeah, I would agree with that. Do you think it will be at Firpo's expense or Gray's? I think because this is one of the games away from home where Gray looked a bit a bit unstuck, didn't he? I, I, I do remember him. Yeah. I know they were they were both from corners, weren't they? No, yeah. no, one one was from a corner and and one was I think it was Gabriel Sarah had managed to get through like four or five defenders and it ended up in the back of the net. But I do remember Gray played a role in both goals were conceded. So I guess it's a question of whether whether he's developed enough since that early part of the season in, in that full-back role, uh, which I think he has been better re- in recent weeks. But yeah, I, I'd probably I'd probably bring Byron in for Firpo. Yeah, so you're going Byron... Gray, do you think Rodan and Ampadu again? I think so. I don't think we. I don't think strikes near starting yet. So I think. And then you go with you go with Gruev and Kamara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd probably agree with that. And I don't know whether he will change it though. You know, so the only slight disagreement I'd have is I think you probably will end up playing. Uh, Firpo at left back and Gray at right back but you know again it remains to be seen as to kind of, of what he does so I think he could line up with the uh, with the same 11 for that so let's see what happens there and it's definitely that, an interesting one isn't it with, with yeah, Firpo it and what it gives you going forward we saw it seen it so many times getting to the byline getting the crossing you don't necessarily get that with, with Byron it's more build up playing in him yeah. inside so yeah it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what it goes with and, and, and how it shapes up during the game. 
Yeah, definitely. Agreed on that. Score predictions? Ooh, I go... I'm going to go with a, a 2-1 win. I think it'll be a tight, tight win again. Yeah. I think it might be fairly similar, one of those games where we just get over the line. I like it. Very nice indeed. So back-to-back 2-1 wins Adam's going for. Currently 15 points for him, 20 for myself. And I will go with, again, not expecting that home form to dip anytime soon. I think it'll be more comfortable. Um, I do think Norwich will cause some problems, but I think we'll deal with them relatively well. So I'll go with 2-0 Leeds. And also on that front, I meant to mention earlier, how nice is it to have three players in the top 10 for the scoring charts this season? Somerville in fifth, 12 goals, seven assists. Dan James, never thought I'd say that. Seventh with 10 goals, five assists. And Joel Peru, 10 goals and one assist. Yeah, and I think it highlights what Fark said earlier on the season when it comes to his uh, philosophy to uh, goals and it doesn't matter who scores them as long as we're scoring and the goals have very much been been shared out this season so long may it continue absolutely mate fingers crossed and fingers crossed for another win in front of the Elland Road lights on Wednesday indeed hopefully it'd be a a cracking atmosphere underneath the floodlights. He needs one, I think. Hasn't been uh, hasn't been great for a while, so hopefully turn up and get behind him. So looking forward to that. And I will see you later on this week where we'll be focusing on the FA Cup game against Plymouth. Indeed. And that is all we have time for. A nice little hat-trick episode for you. We'll get that poll out regarding the back four. Have your say. If it's, if it's not on one of the options, get involved. Leave feedback and comments, as always. Any questions, always appreciated. I've been Bill Lumsden. I've been Adam Jameson. This has been the Damned United Podcast. Adios.